Check one, two. Check one, two, one, two. Good. You ready? This is all. Hey, it's Cassidy Pope, Gabby Barrett. It's Darius Rucker. Country. Hey, y'all, this is Luke Bryan. We're Runaway June. Scotty McCreary. Hey, it's Russell Dickerson here. News. New music from Nate Smith and a big surprise from Luke Combs. Rebecca Porter, and here's everything you need to know in country music for the week of May 2nd, 2023. We're bringing you the hottest news and the newest music in country music every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And now it's time for the hottest news in country music this week. Have to kick things off with, of course, the biggest story of the week, and that is all things stagecoach. Our very own Bobby Dixon was there and she got all the best footage and got to hang out with so many incredible artists. Some of the most amazing moments that happened was John Party being invited to be an Opry member on stage by the one and only Alan Jackson. Footage from that is up on our socials now. Another really amazing moment was Kane and Caitlin Brown singing Thank God on stage together in front of so many people. We also have that up on our socials and it was so incredible to see. There were so many incredible artists there and performances and we are breaking it all down for you. Make sure you head over to our socials now. We have so much amazing content and also up on allcountrynews.com. We're breaking all how amazing Stagecoach 15th anniversary was and how many amazing artists were there. You are not going to want to miss out on it. It'll make you feel like you were there if you didn't get to attend, which sadly I did not get to attend this year and I felt like I was there. That's how amazing this all is. So head to our socials and allcountrynews.com now for more on that. I know I just spoke about this a little bit, but just had to send another congratulations out to John Party for being invited to be an Opry member. It's such a huge moment for a country artist and have it done in such an epic way and be asked by a legend like Alan. I can't even imagine. The footage from that is Super emotional, so amazing. Again, that's up on our socials now. Make sure you check it out. Exciting news for all my whiskey drinking lovers out there. Eric Church has released a new whiskey with Outsiders Spirits. It's called Whiskey JYPSI, and it's a contemporary interpretation of the JYPSI spirit in all of us that seeks adventure and deeper meaning. I love a good whiskey every once in a while, so I'm so excited to check this out. You can learn all about it all up on allcountrynews.com now. The price is pretty pricey. It's $199 per bottle, but it is a limited batch And I don't feel like it'll be a quick drink. I feel like this will be something you'd want to sip on and savor and have as almost like a collector's item. You can check that all up now on allcountrynews.com. I am so excited about this next piece of news. Luke Combs recently shared a sneak peek into his new Nashville bar, and it looks 
absolutely insane. It's set to open sometime in 2024. It is 69,000 square feet and it will be at 122nd Avenue North, which is currently the Wild Horse Saloon. It's a rhyme and own country bar and ticketed venue that opened in 1994, decades before Lower Broadway turned into what it is now. And as epic as this is, I know that Luke Combs is going to do this space justice. It features so many incredible things like a 250 person honky tonk dance floor, a ticketed concert hall, a third story sports bar catered to legalized sports betting. There will also be an additional bar for high end bourbon drinkers a songwriter's lounge, a second story bar nodding to Combs backstage hangout space of the same name, a 9,000 square foot indoor outdoor rooftop named The Eye. Basically, it's going to be absolutely insane and the renderings for it are incredible. Looks like something you would see in Vegas, so I can not wait to check this out. You can check out all the renderings of it up on allcountrynews.com now. Congratulations are in order for Dierks Bentley, who just celebrated his 22nd number one with his single, Gold, which I am absolutely obsessed with. I think he's such an incredible artist. Everything he touches, pun absolutely intended, turns to gold, and I cannot get enough. So us here at ACN are sending him a huge congratulations. And if you've been living under a rock and haven't heard this song yet, make sure you go check it out. You know I'm a sucker for a fan surprise, and that's exactly what Hardy just did. He surprised fans at an Oxford show with a duet with his sister. It's going to give you all the feels. Make sure you head to allcountrynews.com to check that one out. There's some footage up on his sister's page, which is at Madison H. Dennis on Instagram, but also we have a link to the TikTok video of it. It's absolutely epic. She got to perform in front of so many people and it's just the coolest thing ever. Lainey Wilson has yet again broke another record, this time a 40-year-old country radio record. That is pretty incredible to say. I have talked about her so much over the last few years of doing this podcast. She just keep skyrocketing when I think she cannot do any better. She just keeps on going. And what is this record, you ask? Well, she broke the record for shortest gap between number one songs for female artists on U.S. country radio with three weeks. And that is, of course, for her songs, Heart Like a Truck, and her song with Hardy, Wait in the Truck. We here at ACN are sending her a huge congratulations. She is just absolutely killing it. The ACM Awards released some of the performers that we'll be able to catch at the show this year, including Kane Brown, Luke Combs, Miranda Lambert, Joe D. Messina, Ashley McBride, Dolly Parton, Keith Urban. The list literally goes on and on. You are not going to want to miss out on it. It's being hosted by country music icons, Dolly Parton and Garth Brooks. And it will be featured live from Amazon Music Channel Twitch or on Prime Video Thursday, May 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern. You are not going to want to miss out on that. 
So make sure you plan accordingly. And if for some reason you aren't able to watch when it airs live, the full show will be rebroadcast with a stream the following day for free on Amazon Freebie. And now it's time to dive into the hottest releases in country music this week. The hottest. The hottest. Have to kick things off with our very own Jaylee Gandy. She reflects on graduation in her new song, Down the Road, and it is absolutely spectacular. Maybe a little biased because I'm a big fan of hers, but you are not going to miss out on this track. She is yet again proving she is an artist to watch out for, and this song will give you super nostalgic vibes. It'll have you breaking out that high school yearbook in no time. This next release I was so excited to talk about. Nate Smith released his debut self-titled album, and it is absolutely unreal if you get the deluxe version there are 26 tracks you know i am a sucker for a long album i love when you know you're gonna put an album on and be able to listen to it for over an hour absolutely incredible it really took me a lot of going through this to pick my favorites because there are so many songs, but I really love All Right, All Right, All Right. You Ain't Been In Love is really fun. You Only Want Me When You're Drunk. Oil Spot's really good. I mean, I feel like I'm about to name every song on this album. So this is basically just me telling you this is your must listen for this week. Another really exciting album that came out this week is from artist Alyssa Michaela. It's called The Hard Way, and the album is just absolutely spectacular. She kind of reminds me a little bit of Miranda Lambert. She just is like a powerhouse through each song, and, you know, vocally and lyrically even, she reminds me a bit of Miranda in like that fun kind of spark plug kind of way. That's the best way I can describe this whole album. It is literally track for track absolute perfection. Make sure you check it out. Brett Kissel released the Compass Project East album, and I think this is a really cool concept. I love that he's doing all of these different projects like East, West, and it's a really just cool, cool concept, and the album totally lives up to that. Coastline is one of my absolute favorites. Also love 10 years from now. You are not going to want to miss out on this one. Another must listen for the week. Here's an ACN exclusive for you. The Comancheros honor the possum in a new single titled The Day George Jones Died. The single absolutely honors the late great George Jones in an incredible way. The vibe of this song is so great. It's giving me almost like 70s rock kind of vibes, but obviously still has that country soul and it is just a really great tribute song, but also they made it their own. It's very them and it's an incredible look into how amazing this band is. Make sure you check this song out, but also check out the rest of their catalog. Aaron Watza and Jenna Paulette take on a Roseanne Cash classic and spoiler alert they absolutely nail it 
They covered her song, Seven Year Ache, and they do it such justice, but also put their own spin on it. It is such an incredible track, and Jenna is such an incredible artist. I've talked about her a few times here on the show, but she is definitely one to watch out for. I don't know what they put in that water in Texas, but we all know some of the best country music artists come from that state, and she is making her way up the ranks. So again, check out this song, and make sure you check Jenna out. She's incredible. I'll tell you what, this is the week of album releases. Kit Moore released his new album, Damn Love. It's 13 tracks, which I think I've talked about before. 13 is one of my favorite numbers. So as soon as I saw that, I like knew I was already going to have good vibes with this album, and I was so right. Make sure you check out track 13, Mickey's Bar. Also, love track 8, Peace and Love, and Heart on Fire, track number 5. But the whole album is super great, and I love this new era for him. So again, make sure you check it out. Alex Lambert brings all the soul to his new EP, Rebel Ways. And this kid is unreal. Like his vocals, the soul in his voice is some of the best I have heard in a long time. He's definitely bringing soul into this genre, which I feel like we're in desperate need of right now. I, I want to hear more soul in country music. That's like a sweet spot for me. And again, his vocals just totally insane. The EP is spectacular from top to bottom. I'm not going to point out one song for you to listen to because this is me telling you, you have to listen to all of them. Chase Beckham released his new single, Till the Day I Die, and this is country storytelling at its finest. Love this track, such a fan of him. It's all about living up those cowboy ways until it's kind of morbid, but till the day he dies. It's a really great track. You're definitely gonna wanna have this one on repeat. Griffin Palmer released his debut album, Unlearn, and it is beyond spectacular. I would dive into it more, but our very own Miss Bobby Dixon recently sat down with him to talk all about it. You can check that all out here now. I always love asking people, what music was playing in your house when you were growing up? Yeah, so when I was a kid, a lot of the music playing around me was dictated by what my dad really loved, you know? So it was a lot of bands like Journey, Def Leppard, The Police, like a lot of 80s rock. So yeah, that's kind of like the soundtrack to my childhood. I love that. Do you have a favorite Police song? I only ask because my mom is obsessed with The Police. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they have so many classics. Like I know. Roxanne. I know, I know, Roxanne, it's the, that's always the first one to come to mind. I love that. When did you, like, when were, what were some of your first memories of, like, making your own music choices? I guess that sounds kind of strange, but, like, I guess you're right. You're kind of subject to what your parents listen to. But do you remember, like, when you started kind of finding your own music, yeah. when that was? I remember when I first started, like, asking for CDs for Christmas, okay. you know, when I was old enough to finally, like, play my own stuff. And so I feel like... One of my first CDs was like a Nickelback CD. I remember getting American Idiot by Green Day and my parents bought it for me, like not understanding what they were buying. And then 
me playing it on Christmas day and then being like, I don't know if we should have bought you that scene. Yeah. I don't know if this is very festive. I love that. And I, I love that like Nickelback is back on tour now. I think that is so I'm nostalgic. Right. <laughs> they're one of the greats. Hey, like you can try to hate them, but the music's just so good. And you know, I know, I know. I love that they are in Chicago and everywhere. I'm sure they'll have a Nashville stop, but talk to me about when you first really started loving music, was music always plan A for you? You know what I mean? When did you kind of decide that this could be like a full-time thing for you? Mm -hmm. I mean, ever since I was a really little kid, music's been a part of my life. Um, my dad was always playing in bands. So, um, you know, he was really encouraging for us to learn different instruments and sing. My sister's all sing. And uh, so our car rides were just full karaoke mode all the time. But uh yeah, I've always wanted to be a singer, but I didn't really believe that it was possible for me probably until I was like in college and was playing shows regularly and, you know, making money to pay for my school and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's one of those things where the path's kind of convoluted and, and until you start getting some traction, it doesn't seem like it's even within grasp. So, yeah, it was always the plan, but uh, became more serious in the past 10 years. I love it. But I also know you played college rugby, which I think is hysterical because I went to a very big women's rugby college. So when I saw that, I was like, this is amazing. So how did you balance, you know what I mean? Obviously being a D1 athlete, I mean, that's a job in itself. And I'm hoping like going to class and still kind of, of wanting to pursue this country music dream. How was balancing all of that? It was really hectic for a while, you know, going to school, um, you know, sometimes I'd finish class, go to rugby practice, leave practice early to go sound check at a bar, you know, go home, like sometimes still in my rugby gear and then going home, showering, getting ready, going back to the bar, playing the show, you know, sometimes finishing at two in the morning, then being at class by, you know, 8 a.m. Like it was a lot of years of that, but I was having so much fun. I didn't even realize how tiring it was. You know, I was just doing all my favorite things at the same time. So when I look back now, yeah, it was stressful, but it was also a blast. I know when you're kind of thrusted into that, you're like, I'm doing what I love. Like I'll sleep later. But mm -hmm. how do you feel like playing some of those bar gigs has really prepared you for where you are now? I feel like just a lot of the gigs were like three, four hours long with just me and a guitar. Right. So it's a lot of time to just be, you know, just coming up with stuff on the fly and interacting with the crowd and just becoming really comfortable on stage. And especially now, like I'm on this Lily Rose tour and I'm playing just me and a guitar, you know, just like I've always done. And, and now the shows are like 30 minutes long. So they seem almost a lot easier than what I used to do. Uh, now it's different because I'm playing all my own music, which is amazing. But yeah, they, they have a lot of parallels and I feel like it prepared me um, a lot for what I'm doing now. I love it. I feel like for some of those bar gigs, you have to learn like these staples, like you have to be able to play what the crowd yells at you. I mean, my family, every, every time I take them down to Nashville, we play Broadway bingo and it's like, okay, what song are we going to hear? Like you have to fill out your bingo card. So it's always like chicken fried, anything Morgan Wallen, um, wagon wheel. So was that stressful having to just really have this massive bank of songs? Um, it kind of was at first, because when I first started, I was just worried about having enough songs to be able to play for whatever time, you know, and when I started, I was playing for maybe an hour, and then it just slowly got more and more, but I really credit that whole process to really, you know, building up my country music IQ, because you're forced to discover all this new music that people are coming up and telling you about every night, 
Um, so yeah, you just kind of gradually learn them, you know, a couple of week or whatever, until you can play nonstop, whatever people want to hear all the time. I love it. It's like Nashville band practice. It's like, okay, what is this song? Okay. I guess I'll okay. go ahead and play it. And there's tons of times too, where people just tell you a song and you just kind of listen to it, get the gist. And you've heard it enough times on the radio to be able to fake it a, at least. And so, yeah, the fake it till you make it things real too. <laughs> I love it. So I want to talk to you about your own songwriting. When did you, like, when did that start? I feel like for a lot of people, it's either like, well, I might as well try. Or for, I know for some people, it's like, so-and-so did me dirty. So I'm going to write it down on paper. What was, what was your catalyst to kind of start writing? Yeah. So my dad was always pretty adamant um, when I was growing up that it was important for me to write my own songs if I ever wanted to be more than like a cover band. Right. So I was always pretty aware that I should at least be trying to do that. So I'd started writing by myself, just kind of testing the waters a bit, but I didn't get more serious into it until I started like a band in high school where I had a bunch of friends and you know, we'd start playing shows at our school and stuff like that. And we would all write together. So my first experiences were really writing with my friends. And then um, after that, when I got into college, I didn't have a band anymore and it was just me. So I had a lot of time to just solo write. And I feel like that's where I really, you know, gained a lot of ground and learned a lot and was forced to really work at the craft of songwriting. I love that. So I've always wanted to ask, you know, I mean, a songwriter this, especially someone, you know, I mean, that has wonderful resume like yourself does a song need a bridge I feel like if you can write an amazing bridge it always makes the song better you know what I mean there's times to fly the pre-chorus as a bridge or just to do like a down course or whatever but I feel like a lot of times that's because like it was hard to write the bridge or they couldn't come up with a better idea for the bridge so I think you should always try to write a bridge if you can't, then you can divert to another strategy, but always try. I love it. I remember somebody I heard talking about it once. They called it like the bridge to nowhere. Like yeah. sometimes, like sometimes it's just not needed. So I was like, oh man, I have, have to ask your perspective on this because I mean, for me, I feel like it's nice, but sometimes I'm like, eh, like I I didn't really need it. So I love that. <laughs> also be like the best part of the song if it's done. Right, right. There's there's great examples and bad examples, just like anything. I love it. So speaking of writing songs and being you know well received, how did this whole Songland opportunity come to be? I mean, obviously, like I people from big shows are not reaching out to me to be on like The Voice or Songland. So how did you kind of wind up in this situation? Yeah, I feel like a lot of shows like The Voice and stuff they have like recruiters and stuff that. That, you know, invite people to be on the show. But for me, I submitted myself just on the website, whatever, just like the real, the real way to do it. And uh, the whole process was really just people, you know, showing me the show and thinking like I'd be great on the show. And so I just applied and then they reached out asking if I can do an interview. And I was actually on a trip to Europe when I, when I got the email for the interview. And so I was doing it at like three in the morning in Spain because of the time differences. And it was just really hilarious. I was in an Airbnb just trying to get good Wi-Fi in like this European town. And uh, it was really funny. But um, yeah, literally just did it the old fashioned way. I love it. I mean, obviously you were extremely successful on the show. You you were a winner. But what what's your biggest takeaway from that? You I mean, how do you feel like that helped either propel you or, or taught you something new about yourself? 
I feel like the biggest things I took away from it was just writing with, you know, that caliber of songwriter with like Shane and being able to pitch songs to Ryan Setter and Esther and whatever. Like I had never been in a room with songwriters like that before. So obviously I was very nervous and stuff, but I just tried to be a sponge uh, that whole time. And just, um, you know, even as a songwriter, when we're writing songs in town, you know, you don't really know who's going to hear the song. So you're trying to write just what you think is a great song, but the experience of writing for a specific artist, and you know, you're writing for that artist, it really filters down, you know, what you put into the song. And so it was pretty cool to just like pinpoint exactly what we were trying to do for exactly who we knew we wanted to sing it. I love it. Well, obviously it was FGL. So how, I mean, gosh, if I could write for FGL, I mean, it'd probably just end up being like the ABC is sorry guys, <laughs> but I loved, I always love like creeping on everybody's Instagram and socials before um, we sit down for an interview. And I loved what you had in your bio on your Instagram. You say that you're a songwriter, an artist, and an adventurer. What does that mean? I just really love, you know, experiences. I love adventure. I love traveling. Um, I'm big into camping, hiking. You know, like two years ago, I took a 16-day camping trip all the way through Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota. Um, just, yeah, anything that's going to kind of open my eyes and give me some new experience, I'm always down to do. And so I try to just keep that as a mantra, I guess, for my life and what I plan to do every year. And yeah, so it's a big part of who I am. I love that. So are you planning, or I guess, did you bring any of that adventurous spirit into Unlearn, your new album? Was that definitely at the back of your mind making this? Uh, definitely. I mean, even just with that title track, Unlearn, that was something that really, you know, was a little overwhelming for me to put out into the world because it's just so personal and it's something I've never done before. And so at first I was pretty apprehensive, but I guess going with the spirit of doing something new and going into the unknown, you know, it felt important for me to add it on the record. And yeah, I think anytime you do something new like that, especially making your first record, it's full of unknowns like that. I love that. Yeah, it definitely is its own type of adventure. But you mean, you're putting together your debut album. Why did you feel like all of these songs fit so well together? I think they just really told the story of, you know, who, what I've been doing the last five, six, seven years, you know, moving away from home, especially being from Canada and going to school in Ohio, you know, I really just started this whole new journey by myself, um, not only being in a different place, but also just being young and meeting new people and really finding out who I am. So it was important for me on this record to just pick songs that captured these memories and these moments that I just remember going through during that whole time. I love it. So my favorite off the album has to be uh, Came Here to Leave. So okay. can you walk me through that song a little bit? I know it was you and Jeff, but kind of walk me through writing that one. Sure. That, I'm really glad that you like that song right now. That's the one I'm listening to. Uh, oh, no way. <laughs> um, but yeah, that song really was just trying to encapsulate the feeling of, you know, like I said, just going to college. And I remember just the, having this feeling where everyone I met, I was becoming like such fast friends with, you know, and I just was having this thought of like, I can't believe you've lived every day, just like I have in this whole different life with all these different people at the same time. And we just never knew each other. Um, and so I kind of just used that as like the catalyst to talk about this relationship. 
and um yeah it's just like when you meet this person you just I don't know it's just like you have this instant like electricity between you and you all know like where everything's heading you know what I mean oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> what song off the new project did you feel like you just, it was really hard to get through. You were in the trenches and maybe had to step away from it for a little bit. Was there anything like that for the new project? I felt like everything just came pretty naturally and pretty easily, you know? Most of these songs, um, the hardest part I think was in the, the production of them because most of them we just wrote either just on a piano uh, with vocals or a guitar with vocals. So everything you hear in the production had to be like a deliberate choice as to like what we want this thing to sound like. So we spent more days trying to get that right than we did with like the songwriting part. I love it. So I gotta also ask you about the last track, uh, Bottles on the Table. Um, can you walk me through that one? I really like that one too. <laughs> okay, so that one I feel like has more of the influence of like what I grew up listening to. Yeah. It really does sound like a, like a police song. Yeah. Um, but I wrote that song funny enough on a run one day. Uh, it was during the pandemic and we were kind of on like house arrest or whatever and yeah. so my kind of like free time for the day was when I'd go on a run every morning and I just had this idea while I was running and uh, it was like at every stoplight I would just write something in my phone and or sing something into my phone and by the time I got home I had most of this song done so I was staying at Jeff's house at the time Jeff Warburton who I was writing a lot of these songs with and um, I just said I think I, I have a song he's like like an idea I'm like no I think I have like a whole song and so I played it for him and uh we had we added a bridge in that one we thought it needed a bridge and we wrote that together and, and it was done so that was probably like the fastest song of the record um and it just fastest, no pun intended you're running yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um and that one you know when we put all the production elements into it we thought it just felt really like fresh and cool and kind of mysterious and yeah it's one of my favorites on the record too I'm glad you like it I love it I just I'm such like a sucker for how you guys kind of melodically place these songs and really I feel like there's such a wonderful opening and then you just kind of wrap it up with a bow so I'm always just such a sucker for like did you purposefully put that song at the end and plus I love that you did it on a run like I can't run to begin with like let alone like puffing and puffing into my phone at the end of it. But I want to know what some of your goals are for, you know, I mean, the rest of this year, you're obviously on this awesome tour with Lily Rose, one of my favorite people ever. Um, so Tana, talk to me about living out that goal, being on a tour. And then what other goals you have for yourself? Yeah. Like, like you said, I'm really just accomplishing a lot of the goals I've had for a long time right now. Um, next steps for me are really just, you know, we're putting this live show together with the band I'm starting to get ready to go play some festivals and some bigger and better shows. So that's a goal for me right now. Um, just making a show I'm really proud of and, and getting comfortable playing with a band because I've spent so much of my career just playing by myself. So it's all very new to me. And yeah, I just really want to get this record out um, and, uh, you know, go play it for as many people as I can. I love it. If you could describe the new record for a new fan, who maybe hasn't heard of you or your music in like a word or a phrase, what would it be? Um, I don't know. I guess it's just like, 
it's an introduction, you know, it's just like a bunch of little parts of me that I hope, you know, people can get to know me through. And uh, I think anytime you're listening to a new artist, you want to hear a, a lot of different stuff and, you know, a wide scope of stuff. So that's, I guess, what I would explain it as. I love it. Well, we are super excited for Unlearn. I mean, lucky me, I've already gotten to listen to it a couple of times. So, but super excited for you. Hopefully you will swing through Chicago soon. I saw you were just in the haunted pool up in Milwaukee, which is always right. like the coolest thing ever. Go see Mac Miller's signature. So, <laughs> but thank you so much and congrats on the new project. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Before I log off, we have two very important things we need to discuss. First up, our new artist spotlight, which is Landon Parker. Make sure you follow him on Instagram, at Landon Parker. He is definitely an artist to watch out for. And last but certainly never least, you know I can't sign off until we talk about Video of the Week. Video of the Week. This week's video is Zach Bryan and their song, Oklahoma Smoke Show. This one is so, so great. It's so fun and it makes you feel like you're kind of back in the 70s, which I am absolutely living for ever since seeing Daisy Jones and the Six, which is on Amazon Prime. Highly recommend watching, but it has put me in a total 70s kick and I am absolutely living for this video and the song of course I mean everything Zach Bryan touches turns to gold so you are going to want to watch this one on a repeat you can check out a sneak peek now up on our socials full video up on YouTube that's all the country news I have for you this week visit allcountrynews.com for more news and content from your favorite artists I'm Rebecca Porter signing off for all country news is Rebecca Porter. I run Women of Country Edits and Marin's Girls on Instagram. Both seek to celebrate women in the music industry and all things girl power. Thanks for listening. The All Country News Podcast is produced by Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you loved this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. Shout out to our friends Track 45 who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club where you just might get a huge surprise from one of your favorite artists on your birthday. Subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter to get all the news you just heard in this podcast even earlier, delivered straight to your inbox. And check out a new episode every Tuesday right here. All Country News.